Have you? I have. Years ago, I was in Bible college, and uh, I also worked for Nike. Um, I worked for one of the outlet stores, and so we're, we're doing our thing, and they had a, it was a 4th of July weekend, and there was this big uh, team competition volleyball tournament in New Orleans. And what Nike does, because they know how to corner the market on something, is they would rent out a whole lot of floor space and build a portable store that only sold all of their volleyball gear. Because he knows when you get like young people in an enclosed area and their parents give them money for a week, they have to spend it on something. It might as well be Nike stuff. So they called up different stores and, and my manager uh, kind of nominated me to go and represent the Kissimmee store and represent Team Nike at this four or five day volleyball tournament. And it was in New Orleans, like I said, leading up to Fourth of July weekend. So we're up there and I'm meeting all these different people from other Nike stores. There's about 10 of us. We go in the first day, we work real hard. We set up this portable store, get everything running, everything set up, and, and we work really hard. And on Saturday, which was actually the 4th of July, they're like, hey, the, the games all end at noon, and you guys are, can go do whatever. So we're like, hey, we're going to go eat. And so we found a couple of restaurants we were interested in. We're walking through uh, New Orleans. We're, we're right off of Bourbon Street. We eat amazing food, and we're coming back to our hotel, and we pass this guy. He's no lie. He's standing on a box about this tall, and he's holding this big cross, okay, and, and he's got the bullhorn, and he's not saying good things, people. The things he's saying as people walk by are, you're going to hell. He's yelling at people that are coming in and out of restaurants and clubs because they're all, I don't know if you've ever been to New Orleans, most people won't admit it, but I know most of you have been, all right? But people are coming in and out of restaurants and clubs and stuff. And this guy, every person, like he'd point the, micro, the megaphone at you. I was going to bring mine in for dramatic effect, but I'm saving you all. But he would just yell at us, you're going to hell. And he pointed at me. <laughs> you're, you're going to hell and there's all these people with you. Or you're not, you should not be here in this town. I was in school, Bible college for youth and family ministry. And I said, so why are you here? <laughs> if I'm not allowed to be here, why are you here? Oh, blasphemer. He, he, like, he laid it out. I was done. <laughs> but the funny thing is, in the group of 10 people, there was a homosexual guy. There were, there were some athletes, some semi-pro athletes. There, were, there was this whole just eclectic group of people, and that was the joke, you know. Wow, he called out the preacher in the group, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and even, like, the homosexual, he was like, he could have called me out and said, I'm going to hell. And, and you know, the athlete, you know, and there's this one guy was going through a divorce. And it actually opened the door for me to have some conversation with people throughout the, the last two days we were there. But it was just funny. Like, he pointed right at me. And because I was on Bourbon Street, and I was, and I was like, all I came to do was eat. You know, <laughs> can't you tell? You know, it was good. <laughs> this guy, He's everywhere. Uh, we're in a series. It's called Soul Toxins, and today we're talking about lethal language. And, and that's one of the things, unfortunately, that Christians are known for, is lethal language. Maybe you remember this. You remember this old saying? If you do, you can say it with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah. We've all said that. We try to convince ourselves that this little statement of childhood is sound and true for, for moving on through life, but... Can you list some of the lethal language that's been used against you? Just in the bulletin somewhere, write down something that somebody said that just really cut you to the core, that really hurt. Uh, maybe one of these statements has been made to you. Brains aren't everything, but in your case, they're nothing at all. Maybe that was said to you. 
Um, or maybe it was, are you always this dumb or are you making a special effort for today? See if I said something like that. Don't let your mind wander. It's too small to be out on its own. Maybe. Or how about this? This was someone that often said to me, he often finds himself lost in thought and it's unfamiliar territory. I don't get it. Maybe somebody has said to you, I don't think you're a fool, but what's my opinion compared to that of thousands of other people? He does the work of three men. Maybe your boss has said this talking about you. Does the work of three men, Mo, Larry, and Curly. Is that you? Maybe somebody has said to you once, I never forget a face, but in your case, I'll make an exception. How can you love nature when it did that to you? (laughs) I knew you'd like these, Greg. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This is probably my favorite one. You see, that's what's meant by tall, dark, and handsome. When it's dark, he's handsome. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I know you're nobody's fool, but maybe someday somebody will adopt you. Maybe that's kind of it. <laughs> Some drink from the fountain of knowledge, but this guy, he just gargled in it. Uh, <laughs> see, here's the thing. It's not me, it's you. Or no, it's not you, it's me. That's the one. That's what gets said. Maybe the harsh words, the lethal language been said to you have been along the lines of, we're going to have to let you go. Or... Your father and I think it would be best if you just moved out. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Yeah, right. I'll tell you something about our words. Our words, they're like the internet. Once you speak them, they're just out there forever. I don't know about you, but I would rather be physically beaten than have harsh words spoke to me. I mean, bruises go away and broken bones heal but there is no band-aid for the heart. And everybody says, oh, Jesus is a band-aid for the heart. And that's true. And he can heal and he can change your perspective on things. But once those words are spoken, whether it's out of anger or spite or just because that's, that's my nature, once you say something, it's just out there. Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that mean? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I have an example of that. I was on the phone with my dad. It was during my freshman year in Bible college. A lot of things happened to me during Bible college. I was there for seven years, so it's a good amount of time to experience things. But freshman year, uh, about halfway through the first semester, coming up to break, I was talking to him about some plans to visit. And and I go into telling him about my classes that I've been taking. I'm talking about professors. I'm talking about friends and and relationships and things that have been built. And he says to me, hey, when are you going to stop all this and come back to who you really are? I said, dad, this is who I really am. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Obviously, I didn't die that day while I was on the phone with my dad, but it sure took the life out of me for a moment. Lethal language is a dangerous toxin. And the thing is, we all have it. We all have it. And the truth is, we all use it. You use it. I use it. It gets used at us. You know, the thing is, a properly placed statement of less than average words can take the wind right out of your sail. And worse than that, if it's a repeated statement, you actually start to believe what people are saying is true Then you allow them to label you with their lethal language, and we learned about all that last week and where that ends up. 
All I wanted to hear from my dad was, hey, I'm proud of you, or good job. But all he could offer me was an opportunity to come back to my old self that I had left behind. I was all excited. I was like, I'm telling about my future. I'm telling about where I was headed. There was a, uh, a church that was interested in having me as a part-time youth minister, and, and all he could do was remind me of my past. Have you been there with somebody in your life? Have you used lethal language, or, or is there someone in your life that has used lethal language against you or about you? Listen, we all have people and have had people that say things about us or say things that, that just cut us deep. But you know what? As devastating as these words can be, they can be offset by words of truth and hope and love. Uh, the right words at the right time can be helpful and healing and life transforming. And that's where we're going to end up today. We're going to go through some of the muck and the mire of, of hurtful things, but we're going to end up knowing that we have the power to use lethal language, but we are convicted to make sure that we're using words of truth and hope and love. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. Lord, I know right here, right now, there are people who are hurting and tormented by things that have been said about them or to them. And I know there are people here today that have, have said things about or to other people, myself included, that have just been less than average. Lord, I pray you'll, you'll cleanse us, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our mouths, cleanse our minds. Help us to, to come around full circle from people who use lethal language to people who want to speak hope and truth and love and be a reflection of you. And as uncomfortable as this may be, help us to endure the moment so that we can walk out different than how we came in. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. King David once wrote a psalm about lethal language and about the people that use it. So I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 64. <clears throat> and, and this is David's prayer, and it's a prayer for deliverance from secret enemies, which means he knew that there were people out there who were saying less than average things about him. It's kind of like being in ministry. You know people are saying stuff about you. You don't really always know who they are or what they're saying, but it's not always good. That's just part of it. But in chap chapter 64, verse 1, David says this, Hear my voice, O God. In my complaint, preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers, from the tumult of those who do iniquity, who have sharpened their tongue like a sword. They aimed bitter speech as their arrow to shoot from concealment at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They hold fast to themselves, an evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who can see them? They devise injustices, saying, we are ready with a well-conceived plot. For the inward thought and the heart of a man are deep, but God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly, they will be wounded. So they will make him stumble. Their own tongue is against them. All who see them will shake their head. Then all men will fear and they will declare the work of God and will consider what he has done. The righteous man will be glad in the Lord and will take refuge in him. And the upright in heart will glory. Here's what I like about this psalm. First off, David shows us something. That even in a time of complaining and whining, we should and we can go to God. I can't emphasize that enough. 
He prays. He starts off, hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Have you ever started a prayer off like that? Lord, I'm, I'm going to whine for just a second. <laughs> Here it comes, but please hear me. All right. At first, when I read this, I'm thinking, look at David. He's king. He's got all these great things. He's having a pity party. Oh, poor king. Somebody said something bad about you. But it's deeper than that. Because he starts off, he knows he's complaining to God about the situation. And, and then he says this, preserve my life. Hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers. Hide me from these people that have sharpened their tongues like a sword. They aimed bitter speech like an arrow. Have you ever been there? At some point, we all have been there. People, you know, you're trying to do what you can at work or, or at school, and there's somebody, there's always a naysayer. There's, there's always somebody that, that's just poof, shooting you down. David shares what God will do. I like this. He says, he will shoot them with an arrow. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly they will be wounded. Now this reminds me of Matthew chapter 12, verses 14 through 21. Listen to this. This is instruction for us. This is what we should do, Christians, when, when people are using lethal language against us. This is, this is Matthew chapter 12, verse 14 through 21. Are you ready? Brace yourselves because you may not like this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate, associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. That means we can't spin it around and talk bad about the person that's talking bad about us. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, and this is the kicker right here, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's our recourse for people who are firing those, sharpening their tongues with bitterness. For the people that are maybe even just trying to pull the rug out from underneath you with their words. That's our recourse. Overcome evil with good. You know, at the end of the phone call with my dad, I told him I loved him. Even though his words cut deep, I realized something in this conversation. I realized that people who don't have a relationship with Christ don't process things the same way that we should. They don't use Scripture to see how they will reflect it to others. And so they, they won't truly understand people who do have a relationship to Christ. And that's where my dad was like, just come back. There was nothing wrong with you before. Why all this holy stuff? I liked you how you were. You see, I, I couldn't hold him to the same standard because he wasn't there. Verse 18 says this, If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So far as it depends on you. Now that doesn't say so far as you can stand someone. Okay? Be at peace. It doesn't say be at peace with some men. Or be at peace with the people you like. That's easy. Or be at peace with the people you agree with. It says be at peace with all men. Even the ones that label you. 
Even the ones that use harsh, toxic language about you. Even the ones that are talking about you behind your back, saying less than average things about you. Look, no matter what the rest of the world does or says to you, brothers and sisters, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. That means your boss. Be at peace with your boss. Be at peace with your spouse. Be at peace with your family. As far as it depends on you, be at peace with your coworkers, with your neighbors, with your elders, with the person who cut you off in traffic the other day, with your friends. Yes, even that one guy that, you know, he's in the group, but eh. Be at peace with all men. That takes work. It's not easy to be at peace with all men. I've got some people that you may find this hard to believe. I have frustrated. I know. Surprise. Uh, not here. Has to, has to do with some other churches where I've, I've, I've shared things and been bold and, and kind of come back around and they, they want to know all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, my, my first instinct is like, I'll show you what I'll do. And then I'm writing this sermon. And I actually said to somebody this week, this stupid sermon I'm writing has got me convicted where I can't say what I want to do because I'm going to preach to everybody about so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Even brothers and sisters in the whole state that are frustrated with you because you're going to do something. It's a good thing. It's nothing bad. I'm not robbing a bank or anything, but just, you know, you stand firm and you upset people sometimes. But then I have to preach this message to you guys, which means I have to preach it to myself first. I told you the first week of this series is a tough one to preach. It's a tough one to write. Now you know why, because everything I'm saying to you filters in through where I am at life. So, okay. I call my buddy Sykes down in, in Decatur at the LifeBridge Church, and we're talking about it. And he said, I preached on that last week. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll keep the peace. I'll, I'll be good. I'll do what I should. It's hard. I know it's hard. And it's hard to keep the peace with everybody and then, and then come home and keep the peace in your family and then go to work and keep the peace at your work. It's hard. Never said it was going to be easy. Just said, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. It's not easy honoring God. I want to share with you what King Solomon wrote. He wrote some really good advice to his son. Proverbs chapter 4. I want to look at it. He even calls it a father's instruction. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender, and the only son in the sight of my mother, when he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. He's, he's kind of setting him up. He's letting you know how important this is. Do not forsake her. She will guard you. Love her. She will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear, my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Here it comes. He's built it up. If we do these things with this wisdom, he says in verse 13, 
I'm sorry, in verse 11. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. And if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they do evil, and they are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. Verse 17, For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Watch over your heart. This is, this is the big one. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from your deceitful, excuse me, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. How do we move away from lethal language? We put away from us a deceitful mouth. We put devious speech far from us. Let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all of your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Did you get all that instruction? I, I noticed in the, in the insert in the bulletin, like all the scriptures I'm using are in there this week. Go home and read them again. Dive into it. Fall in love with it. Realize what it says to you. No matter what others choose to do, and this is what Solomon's telling him, no matter what others choose to do, we should choose to honor God. We should choose to speak healing words to others. Let's look at the verses of instruction for how we should treat and speak to others. First one comes from Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is one who speaks rashly, like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue of the wise brings healing. That's what I want to bring to people. Our world has enough hurt and heartache, demise. There's enough junk going on in the world. We don't need to leave out of here and do anything other than bring healing to people. That's what I want to bring to people is healing. I don't want my words to be like the thrust of a sword. That's harsh. Hawk Nelson has a song. It's called Words. They wrote it for me for this message. Um, okay, maybe not. But we're going to play it. And I want you to listen. And I want you to watch these words. This is called a lyric video. Okay? Listen to these words. And let this song just resonate with you. Okay? YouTube. And just in YouTube, search Hawk Nelson title of the song is, is Words. Um, but here's the thing, and I'm going to get to the, uh, um, I'll get to the, to the crux of it here in just a second. Words are powerful. They can do so much good, or they can do harm. The, the lyrics from the song says, words can build us up, words can break us down. They can start a fire in our hearts, or put it out. I don't want to say a word unless it points the world back to you. It's talking about God. And as we close out, I want to share two more verses with you. 
Um, and I want you to take all these notes, like I said, and, and look at them again. Study them when you go home. But when you're reading through these scriptures and the stuff you've written down, ask God how you can apply these things to your life this week. Okay? First one is Proverbs 15, verse 4. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. A soothing tongue is the tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. So my question is, do you want to offer life to someone or do you want to crush their spirit? The next verse is Proverbs 16, 24. It says, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. This message is simple. When it comes to to lethal language, do you want to be known for that? Do you want to be known for lethal language? Or do you want to be known for healing words? If you're going to represent Christ, we need, to, we need to perfect the art of using healing words more. And we need to start using lethal language less. And as we come to our response time today, the question is how will you respond to what you've heard from God's word um, this morning? Will you repent? Will you make an honest effort this week to change the words that you use? Because the reality is, all of us can do a better job at saying better things to the people in our lives and the people we come in contact with. I don't know where you are. Maybe in order to kick this off, baptism is what's going to happen. And that's great because the baptistry is ready. Maybe in order, as you've gone through the beginning of this soul toxin series with us, there's some things weighing heavy on your heart and, and repentance and rededication is, is where you are. That's awesome. Um, I don't know where you are, but I know this. You're in this room. You're like me. We all use lethal language. But my goal this week, one week at a time, is to consider using better words of hope, less words that are lethal language. So will you consider that during our response time? However you're going to use your words from here on out, will you stand and sing with us?